1: And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray.
0: This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson himself. Look at him dirt. back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past Podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, We're back here, uh, Dylan. We are not far away. We're in like we're in September now, so <laughs> the season is here. And um, as usual, you know, we do a couple fantasy episodes. We did the one previously, and then our schedules and such, uh, we had to kind of uh, hold off on our next one. But uh, this is it, and. We're gonna run through just some, uh, you know, different categories here when it comes to, we know what everyone's talking about. They're getting ready for the draft. A lot of them probably taking place this weekend, early next week at the latest. Um, everybody wants to know like who are those sleeper picks? Who are the players maybe that are too high on the board? Who are the players that are too low? Who are the players I'm gonna regret drafting? Um, who are the players I'm gonna regret not drafting? Those are the topics and the conversations that are that are being had right now, uh, in the fantasy football world. So. I think it should be fun to roll through and uh, see uh, what we can come up with uh, with some of these uh, particular categories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's always enticing to grab guys that you think have a chance to, to break out and be better. I try to usually just mitigate risk as much as I can, but I do feel like there's there's always some players down you get uh, deeper in your drafts that obviously the, the big hitters at the beginning will really, at the end of the day, probably carry you most of the way. But hitting on these picks makes such a huge difference. And just trying to understand – What kind of guys are maybe at this point uh, outside of just what's going on in training camp and overreactions to now with all the cuts made, uh, overreactions to how many guys are being left at certain positions. I believe the Seahawks are carrying something like five running backs, and as a result, people are like Chris Carson's. Oh man, his his fancy value is going to drop, and those kind of things that you got to be tuned into and trying to find that value as you go through the draft. Um, There's going to be people that drop that uh i'm sure by the end of it as we've seen last year with a lot of guys that end up playing uh having huge roles so hitting on these picks and these kind of topics are definitely the, the articles that y- you know kind of your top guys you're going to be targeting at uh at the important positions but as you get deeper and deeper into your drafts it's it's hitting on these picks that can really end up being a huge difference
0: well let's start with some sleepers because that's again there there's we could spend an hour just on sleepers alone but uh we won't but that's let's talk a little bit about that and, and one thing I want to right off the bat the Ravens running back situation now with with J.K. Dobbins out for the season I think there's obviously some intrigue there as we know with the Ravens sometimes it's kind of hard to know exactly what that's going to look like but I feel like maybe now you can say okay if you're going to pick some sleepers if you are just about to have your draft maybe you know some people are not exactly caught up yet on what this Ravens uh, situation will look like a running back with Dobbins out for the year. I assume that's where, you know, someone like Gus Edwards, his value goes up pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, you know, he's probably still in that top 25 range, I would think. Uh, but now, especially, uh, you know, now with, with the way it looks and I mean, Justice Hill is still there too, but I feel like that's something to certainly keep an eye on. Cause we know the Ravens, right? Like they're going to run with Lamar Jackson and maybe they're not passing a ton, but they're still gonna they're still gonna get the ball to the running backs a lot, um, and so I, I think that's someone right off the bat. Even though he is in that top twenty five ish range, um, I wouldn't be shocked if you know we're looking up and and he is someone that uh, certainly to keep your eye on, especially with that injury and how that factors into it.
1: Yeah, with how well their offensive line plays, how much we know they're gonna want to run the ball, and obviously Lamar is gonna pick up a ton of those carries himself and a, a ton of the a ton ton of the usage. But yeah, I think he's definitely one of the guys that you look at fantasy pros right now that has the highest gap between his uh, average draft position and where they value what they believe he'll be able to put, produce by the end of the season. He's a plus 11 in their, uh, in their expected uh, their expert consistence ranking versus the ADP. So, I mean, yeah, he's absolutely a guy that I would, even to define him as a, as a sleeper at this point. He, I feel like if you're done any research, you would know that <laughs> right going to be a really good pick for you. Um, but outside of, yeah, definitely in Baltimore, I think he's, I know they in previous seasons will use a lot of different guys, but I think he's absolutely going to be the number one running back for them at this point, unless they make some sort of trade or something we don't know about yet. I'd feel pretty confident about taking him in that range, if not even a little bit higher than the 21st running back off the board as he's listed right now.
0: Yeah, that's where you do your research, because um, like you said, it's, uh, if you stay on top of one like that, uh, he may be one that, you know, kind of slips and people are, you know, going after some of these guys that quite frankly could wind up being, you know, perform a little bit on the the opposite end of that. And we'll get to some of those guys in a minute. But he is someone I think right off the bat you look at and uh, there's obvious, I think, intrigue there with him in terms of what he could do. I mean, I guess elsewhere, you know, at the running back position, uh, what what do you think in terms of some of these guys out there maybe we can uh, really define as sleepers? Because as we know, running backs are going to be, sort of the backbone of, of what people do when they're they're drafting and such and um i mean there's there's a lot of different directions you can go in here um but uh, i think it's it's at least interesting to, to look at some of these options uh, that are out there uh, at running back uh, whether that's some of these guys who are going to be uh, on good teams and uh, you know have a chance to score a lot of touchdowns or some of these guys are going to be on bad teams and just uh, from a workload standpoint they're going to going to give you enough to, to prove their their value
1: yeah, I don't know how many deep sleepers – yeah, running back's tougher probably than receiver. Uh, it feels like each year there's more receivers that end up okay. uh, really vastly outproducing where they're drafted. We kind of know in, in general, yes, there'll be some guys that pop off the board, but it's it's not like there's anyone that's like so deep. Um, I mean, we in the last episode we talked a little bit about DeAndre Swift in Detroit. I do have concerns about Jamal Williams taking away uh, snaps just based on his ability as a pass blocker. Um, Outside of that, I mean, I, I still think Daryl Henderson at 22 is a pretty good value. I think the Rams are still going to run the ball a ton. I don't think Sonny Michelle is going to take away as many of the carries as, or you know, anything differently than what they would have done with Cam Akers in there uh, before his, his ADP before he got injured would have been obviously pretty high for the Rams. So I think Henderson maybe a, a little bit of a value there. I, I did talk about Damian Harris. I feel like even though New England with the running backs is always a really tough thing to kind of, to kind of pick on just because of Belichick game to game really varies it a lot. And obviously James White's still there and they have different options, but I think Damian Harris with how, uh, how quality of an offensive line they have in New England, obviously we haven't talked about in this podcast, maybe the last couple have been fantasy about their situation at quarterback with yeah. Cam Newton getting released. So now, yeah, with Mac Jones in there, I feel like they're going to, obviously they, they trust Mac. There's a reason that they're starting him week one. They, they feel like he's more than ready right now. To take the reins of this offense, but I still think they're going to have a steady smash mouth kind of game plan based on the way that they've just really, bought, their offensive line should be a top five unit. So I think, I, I just think valuing less running packages inside the five compared to when Cam was the quarterback, where he was last year, it was like basically every time they got inside the five, you knew he was going to be the one carrying it in and he'd steal those TDs away from the running backs from New England. I don't think that'll be the case. I think Damian Harris has looked amazing. So that's a guy that's in that 20th range that I, I feel really good about some. And I, I know we'll talk about some overvalued guys. There's maybe some of those that stand out a bit more where it's trendy guys that I, I want to be excited about, but then I look and know the, the situations. And it's like, I, I, that's the, it's the mitigating risk part for me that again ends up being a really important part to, to be careful with, with these like kind of sleepers and uh, underrated ADP guys.
0: Well, wide receiver, you mentioned it. It's um, yeah, it's certainly a deep pool yes. to choose from. We mentioned some of them on the last podcast. I probably would not as potential breakout type guys, even though some of them are probably in that borderline breakout sleeper, you know, if you have a different definition of what those are. Um, but I, I mentioned some of the guys last time that I would probably still, you know, I don't think my opinion has really changed all that much on guys like Corey Davis with the Jets um you know we talked a little bit about will fuller and what that could look like for the dolphins now even though there's a lot of receiving options for the dolphins i think will fuller is still someone that you know he's he's someone on that team that's had uh, some just outstanding games and uh, while you know Devontae parker and such has too still i i wouldn't be shocked if will Fuller's the one we're looking up and saying okay we well, uh yeah, he he really just kind of you know picked up where he left off and of course you got the deshaun watson stuff and all that going on so um, there's there's a lot of unknowns there. Those two in particular, probably for me, they're in that third late thirty range at wide receiver. Uh, I know you mentioned, I think Jamar Chase is someone too. I, I think, quite honestly, you know Tyler Wood was another one we talked about. Like I, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong. I think you look at the entire sort of, um and maybe that's part of the problem is the entire Bengals wide receiving yes. unit. <laughs> I mean, if you if you look at Fantasy Pros right now, T. Higgins is a twenty four. Um, you've got Jamar Chase at 29, you've got Tyler Boyd at 35. Um, it's just that they've got like, they've got some options and maybe again, that's going to be the problem is that each game, you know, it could be somebody different, but I also think that plays into, if you're going to look at the quarterback sleepers, Joe Burrows at 13, that's pretty high, but I mean, I, we said it like, I think there is certainly a chance because they're probably still going to be playing from behind a lot. And, I mean, he got off to a pretty strong start last year, and he's got all these receiving weapons. I think the somehow the Bengals are very intriguing when you talk about potential sleepers because, A, they're probably still going to be bad in terms of win total. Like, you know, I mean, they, their division, as we've said, arguably the toughest perhaps in the NFL when you look at having to play the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns. Um, but I, I just think there's going to be a scenario there where you're going to look up at the end of the season and say, well, there's a lot of Bengals perhaps that you want. Uh, even though that could be the problem too, is that each game it may be hard to know you know which one of these are going to be looked at as a sleeper, and which one of which one are we going to look at as you know as the prime uh, target when you're you're filling out your lineup.
1: It reminds me of a couple of years ago with the Rams. Same kind of thing you'd think about with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon yeah. Cooks when he was still there. Any one of those three could be the primary guy on a given Sunday, but. Uh, there would be certain days where uh, they didn't put up as big of a number, especially in non-PPR leagues. Usually those guys will at least get a few catches, but they might be for shorter gains. feel the same way with Cincinnati. I, honestly, I, I, mean, I, I think T. Higgins is a solid pick there, but I do think that uh, Tyler Boyd is the, the lowest one. I'd feel decently good value there in terms of what I think in, in terms of his chemistry that he developed with Joe last year, how much he looks for him in those key situations. He's kind of his safety net kind of guy that he trusts to be there when he needs him. So I think that's definitely a receiver I'd look at. You mentioned Burrow and the, the quarterback side. I, I do think that's a good point. Like I mean, like you said, 13 is not too low, but I'd feel pretty good about that, about getting him there. Obviously, though, with, with those quarterbacks in that middle range, they're all kind of, after you get past the first tier of guys that we talked about in the last episode, I, I really don't know how much guys jump so much in terms of their value. So that's the only reason for the QB sleepers. It's tougher for me to, to really differentiate between like, would I rather have Joe Burrow way more than uh, Trevor Lawrence? Or even what the Raiders can do with Derek Carr? He's down at 22. I mean, maybe that's pretty good value, honestly, with where, he, with where the Raiders' offense could go if their offensive the line doesn't completely uh, crap the bed this year <laughs> with all the changes they've made. A receiver, other options, as much as I've liked to, to hate on the uh, on the Texans, they're going to probably throw the ball a lot. Um, yes, they so are someone's the gonna have to ultimate up, definition
0: so. of that. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Brandon Cook's here at 34. I, I don't know how much I would trust that. It's just trying to find that guy that you actually want. I mean, you could get—he might end up dropping just because of how low people uh, believe in the in the Texans. So maybe that ends up being solid value. Uh, other guys that, that are popping up as I scroll down, getting deep on the list. I know Jacoby Myers with the with. Uh, honestly, this is probably one of the, the better sleepers for New England that I would. A guy that I know we're in the same fantasy league for clutch points, but someone I'd probably. Uh, jump a little bit above his his current ADP to grab a guy that really has looked great in training camp has looked great with his chemistry with Mac Jones and I think he's going to be kind of the guy the same way I think about Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow I think Jacoby Myers and that chemistry that he has with Mac is going to be a, a big role and I even though New England will run the ball a lot I do think there is going to be opportunities through the air and he, he could end up being that number one guy he's, he's ranked just above Nelson Aguilar I'd feel better about having Myers honestly on my team. Um, outside of that, any big sleepers in this area? I mean, everyone's kind of where where I'd expect. Um, not a lot of huge, crazy ones. I do think Robbie Anderson could even take a decent jump this season beyond his 31 ADP, based on uh, for receivers based on what he could do by the end of it. Um, but after other than that, then you're getting pretty high, and at that point, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call guys in the top 20 or so really as uh, sleepers. They're all pretty good options that have high expectations this year.
0: (laughs) Well, we mentioned someone else in the last episode and I think it's, um, we talked about Josh Reynolds for the Titans. He is way down there at 84. That's, that's not someone you're taking early, but if he's available late, I think, you know, that's what we talk about too with injuries and such, you know, if Julio or AJ Brown, one of those guys get injured, he's going to step right in and have a pretty significant role. And the fact that they do have Julio and AJ Brown, all the attention is going to go there. Um, so perhaps, you know, opening up some things for Josh Reynolds. So he is someone, I think, as a probably pretty late scenario there. If you draft, if you have a couple picks left, you're like, all right, let me just pick a couple guys that maybe I can, um, you know, maybe get a bit of a boom on. He could be one of those guys. Uh, but we know, too, the Titans are going to run the ball quite a bit as well. But um, they're, I think he's an interesting one just in case, uh, again, of injuries or uh, necessity, yeah. you know, kind of puts him into – a bigger role uh there elsewhere um you know it's it's kind of like you said i mean we tight ends we, we've discussed that like there's really not i don't think you could necessarily look at the tight end position if feel like that there's anyone that's just a huge um i mean I, I guess like for example like gronk's down there at 14 um hunter henry's down at 17 in terms of where they're at on fantasy pros right now those two in particular, I guess, if you're looking for sleepers, because for the tight end position, that's probably a little low. I, I feel like for those two, just knowing kind of what their value is going to be in the offense mm-hmm. they're going to play in. Um, so those in particular are probably the ones that I would look at. But, you know, sorry, we don't we don't spend a ton of time on the tight ends because, as we always say, it's just kind of – it can be very hit or miss when it comes to tight end position. Uh, we know there's kind of a clear, a clear tier at the top, but beyond that uh, it gets a little uh, murky in terms of what you see there.
1: Yeah, my, my guy, Gerald Everett, for now in the Seahawks, right. formerly of the Rams. I, I do think that he, he's not the best pass blocker, which is part of why I think the Rams move forward with their current group. But that's not how you score fantasy points. So I think he's a great receiver. and I do think we've seen some tight ends in Seattle uh, have really high production with Russell Wilson, guy named, Russell's really made names out of guys that – you know, otherwise hadn't really produced or, you know, we're not highly drafted. So I think Gerald Everett has a decent chance to outperform. He's at 16 right now. I think he could end up being a guy that cracks that top seven, eight. I'm not going to put him above the, the Hawkinson Fant kind of group, maybe in that right behind that, he could pass some of those guys in the eight, nine, 10 range. I, I think Johnny Smith at 13 is good. I know you mentioned Hunter Henry, but I think Johnny might end up being the number one kind of guy there for Mac. Uh, one, it's kind of a risk. That's the only problem with those two. One of those guys, and we, and not that we haven't seen New England, uh, you know, going back even further, perform really well with with two tight ends. Um, but uh, I, I, that's, it's still a little risky for me, not knowing in, <laughs> in terms of which guy's going to be the number one. I will say that there's probably you mentioned some of the, the guys really deep on the receiving edge. There are some deep sleepers that probably won't even be drafted. So obviously those are the kind of guys yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it's even though you're even though you're doing your draft prep at this point, I'd still look at the guys that are fringe players uh, that, you know, just to keep an eye on early in the season uh, so that before you don't want to be too late to be picking up that guy that ends up becoming one of the better players um, uh, on his team as the season goes on, Uh, that kind of group. I do think Van Jefferson with the Rams will have a decent role this year. Um, I I think he'll outplay an 87 ADP. I don't know by how much, but anyone else uh, on that list, like when you get down in the 80s, I'm trying to look like, Maybe, I mean, Amari Rodgers, who knows what's going to happen with the, with the Packers. You, you could have that number two. You could end up becoming that number two receiver there. Well, who knows? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's it gets a, a little dicey with drafting those guys, but you don't have to worry about it because depending how uh, deep your league is uh, and how many dry, uh, bench spots you've got, those guys will probably be available just more to monitor early in the season to see who really is taking on a bigger role as the year goes on.
0: Yeah, and uh, when in doubt, Always draft Cole Beasley because he's probably going to get you – he's going to get you 10 points every week without fail. Like that's just um, – that's kind of what we've gotten used to, I think, with him. So um, if you need a Mr. Consistency, Cole Beasley. Um, don't, don't don't quote me on that because uh, we probably have to look at some of his stats down the stretch last year. But uh, we remember when he was kind of that guy We looked, looked up every week. He's like, oh, 10, 11, 12. Not 30 or 40 anywhere, but like just 10, 11, 12, 12. Like just keep going. Yeah. Um, so – Yes, that's another one. And now, Dylan, we're going to play a game, and I'm sure you're going to love this because uh, we're going to play some overrated, underrated going into the season, uh, and we will can't wait to look back at this and see how wrong we were on some of these. I'm going to hit you with an interesting one right off the bat. All right? He is ranked as the number 25 quarterback on Fantasy Pros. Overrated, underrated, Jameis Winston, the new starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints.
1: I'm. I think you know my answer. He's. I think he's (laughs) underrated there. Yes. A lot of overreaction overall to one preseason game against the Jaguars. uh, From but I mean he looked fantastic and it's just more of. I, I, I think it's more of a trust in Sean Payton, and elements of the you know going back to more of the 2011, 12, 13 Saints. They had so many more vertical elements in the offense that just have not really been possible. Uh, as Drew Brees has aged over the over the years that I think will be even if Jameis isn't you know seeing the field the same way that Drew Brees did obviously not most quarterbacks in NFL history have not I still trust Sean Payton to put Jameis in those situations to succeed obviously there's concerns about the receiving talent Callaway obviously looked fantastic in that uh talk about a sleeper there uh in that in that uh, preseason yeah. game you know especially with Michael Thomas on IR, short-term IR for the first six weeks of the season. Um, there, there are concerns maybe about the receiving unit as a whole. Obviously, they're going to use Camaro a lot, but there's tons of times I've, I'm sure Jameis is going to dump the ball off to Alvin and he's going to, you know, pick up 20, 30 yards and those numbers are going to go to Jameis. So, I, yeah, I think he's definitely, I would 100%. I, I, maybe this is a concern about him being supplanted by Taysom Hill or something. I, I don't really have that same issue. I, I would feel better than him about him than uh daniel jones even for example uh who's right above him uh, i i'm not sure when you know as much as i want to say i'd like justin fields at 21 i just don't know when the bears yeah. are going to finally put him on the field uh so those kind of concerns I, I would take james higher than some of these other guys and feel <laughs> good about it or i'd you know maybe you're in that range where some some other members of your league are about to draft uh a guy like Tua or baker um, and at that point, you're like, I can just wait because I'll feel really good about getting Jameis a bit deeper and feel like he's going to put up similar numbers fantasy wise by the end of the year to those guys.
0: One more quarterback and then we'll go to some uh, running backs, my receivers. Number three, Kyler Murray. I think it's an interesting um, like this is an interesting one because we talked about this a little bit. Um, it's an interesting spot at number three. I think I, that's yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. This one, you're right. This one's definitely, I mean, I feel like it's, I feel pretty good about it. Like I think I, the
0: the better way may be not overrated, underrated. It's um overrated or just right. Because I don't think you're going to put him any higher. So no, I think yeah. it's, it's either, do you feel more confident? Like again, because some people are going to have to make this decision. Like after Mahomes and Josh Allen, which I think are, are probably pretty comfortable as your top two. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of people trying to figure out, all right, do I go to Lamar Jackson Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers in there as well. Um, I think that's going to be a big decision for some people.
1: Uh, I think he's pretty properly uh, – he's rated kind of where I would at number three. Like I think that's probably right on. It's just, it's, it's just a more of a philosophy thing that I think we've talked about in previous seasons' fantasy episodes. I just don't tend to draft quarterbacks way too high just based on you know the difference in points by the end of the year between the third quarterback and the 10th quarterback is drastically yeah that that gap is way lower than most other positions so um like yeah kyler probably if if i had to like make a ranking he's he's maybe three or four like i, I honestly i might put Dak above him uh, or even lamar depending on uh how your scoring works um Oh, boy. I Yeah, I, I think he could be just I, – I wouldn't say he's overrated, but he's in that – I would put him right in that those three after Allen and Mahomes. Uh, probably Mahomes still at one, even though I believe, uh, at least on uh, the, the projections from ESPN, they have Josh Allen just barely eking out a few more points than Patrick. I would probably put Kyler, Dak, Lamar all together, and then – but nonetheless, I probably am not drafting those guys unless one of them falls a little too far. Yeah, um, Just based on what I think about – that next group that you mentioned of Russell Wilson, Rodgers, even throw Justin Herbert in there.
0: To the running backs. Um there's a lot of, again there's a lot of different directions we could go here. Number 11 running back, Najee Harris, the Steelers. 11s, I mean that's high. But yeah, I mean I I think that's probably about right because I feel like this is we know their defense is going to be good. I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for them to run the ball. Big Ben's a year older. I don't. I I have high expectations for him, which we we talked about him as a breakout candidate. Um, I think he'll get the workload to support being close. I mean, at number eleven, like I think he's, I think he's right there, like as a top ten probably running back.
1: My uh, it's the same thing I've kind of talked about with Najee Harris uh, for a while now, and it's the offensive line for Pittsburgh. They PFF has them projected to be the thirty first. Uh, best offensive line yeah. so the second worst in the league which I mean that's lower than I would expect them to finish by the end of it I know they have a lot of new guys along that line I believe three new starters up front are, are projected at least uh, for this season but uh, I, I think they'll be able to figure it out that I do have faith in Mike Tomlin's coaching staff and how they're going to be able to make it work so I I, yeah I don't know if I would take Najee over I mean obviously still offensive line questions for guys like a Joe Mixon <laughs> So it's not like this isn't something that a lot of these guys face. Even James Robinson, a bit deeper there. Um, I, I'm not. I do believe he'll get the opportunity. Absolutely. I, I think they've they made it pretty clear. Uh, there's a lot of times with running backs where you just don't have certainty about uh, how many snaps a guy's going to get, how many if someone else is going to supplant them. I don't think any of those concerns are there for Harris. That maybe so in that way he's a little less risky than some guys that come as you go a little bit deeper in this list. I think he's pretty properly rated. I would not take him above uh, too many any of the ten guys I see on Fantasy Pros above him. Maybe I'd take him above Antonio Gibson, but I feel pretty good about Washington's offensive line being s- solid enough and what that offense can do with Fitzpatrick. But yeah, I, I think he's good there. I just I do really trust that he's going to get the the snaps. I just hope that uh, they're able to figure out different ways to get him the ball outside of just relying on that offensive line because any a really bad offensive line, especially against a schedule where you're facing uh, defensive fronts like what Cleveland has and even what Baltimore's been in past seasons, I just, I get a little concerned um, about, you know, you can be the best running back in the league, but if you don't have good blocking, it can can be a big issue for you to look at some of the years that Todd Gurley, right before he had his offensive player of the year season in 2017, he, in 2016, that offensive line the first year in LA was brutal and he just put up bad numbers and, and nothing to do. There's no way it's just as simple as that.
0: Number twenty running back. This is a guy we've talked about a bit. And I I think I'm getting more pessimistic than optimistic about Josh Jacobs. Um, we talked about them bringing Kenyon Drake. Big Josh Jacobs fan. Have been over the past couple seasons, but I feel like this is a little high. And I'm this is someone that I'm probably concerned with taking just because I don't know what that's going to look like necessarily.
1: Yeah, I it's the same thing. Like. Kind of concerned about where that offensive line's is going. Um, as we've mentioned in past podcasts, especially in the preview for the Raiders, uh, it's it's dicey. I, I feel a lot better about Gus Edwards right behind him. Even, yeah. Even Mike Davis with being the the primary guy in Atlanta and what I think they're going to try to do in terms of running the ball. With Arthur Smith, uh, Damian Harris, we just talked about Miles Gaskin. Like I I feel a lot better about a lot of guys at this point. I want I want to be, believe in Josh Jacobs and he's played through some. Pretty in- tough injuries. Uh, obviously, a really tough guy. Um, but it's uh, it's their offensive line for so many of these years where he's performed really well in fantasy have been one of the better units, and they just I'm afraid they've taken a step back. I do think Alex Weatherwood Le- is going to be solid as a rookie, but still replacing Trent Br- Brown is not an easy easy proposition. And just the rest of the offensive line makeover, it's uh, it's a concern. I would I would probably not take him quite in that range. I, I feel better about some of the guys. Uh, coming up right
0: behind him yeah i i'm with you i'm he's just one that i think i'm going to stay away from because i just don't know what what that uh, situation uh, could be there all right we'll do a couple wide receivers and then we'll wrap up um hmm wide receiver list is pretty interesting here <sighs> Man, we, i think we talk about our boys so much but it's always a fascinating discussion with uh, the number 11 wide receiver on the board right now alan robinson oh man (laughs) i mean it's just i think it's the same discussion we've had for what two years now where it's like who knows like you you would think that there's a chance that he could have a pretty good season like an 11 like that's again you're talking a top 10 basically wide receiver um but man so much of that is dependent on (laughs) justin fields because if you know yeah even even if Justin Fields isn't great, like he's Robinson, he's still getting. We, we talked about like he's just so talented. He's still getting a lot of targets, and he'll still be a factor. But is he someone you are going to rely on more than we talked about? Like guys like Ceedee Lamb or Chris Godwin, or um, you know even Julio, I guess, with the Titans. Like they're, yeah, that's that's an interesting one for me. So,
1: yeah, I I it's tough because I love Allen Robinson, and as we <laughs> talked about in our top receivers uh episode going back a month or so we, we had him in there and had him pretty high and I think he's definitely one of the best receivers in the NFL we haven't gotten him uh seen him get a chance to really prove that week in week out like you're saying with I, I just, it's you know we saw what Belichick did just now with with their situation there he saw enough from the rookie he went to him he knows he's going to be the guy from the majority of the season why not get him started immediately I just in Chicago I'm concerned about that obviously maybe they have, not that, obviously, Belichick has full control of whatever he wants to do, and, and not, not that Matt Nagy doesn't, but I, I just wondered, did they tell Andy Dalton before they, before they got him that he was going to be their number one guy? Is that, you know, they didn't want to break that promise or whatever it was? I don't know, but it, it's, I'm, that that is a concern. <laughs> Bears have some tough games early on, not just against the Rams, but uh, so they face the Browns in week three, and they faced some tough defensive fronts going up earlier, and it's like, man i i just looking right behind him, I feel really good as long as Dak stays in the field about both c d lamb and Amari Cooper. I just feel like there's guys in Godwin and Godwin in Tampa like i i i would not draft him probably at eleven right now i would i'll be happy if he outperforms that <laughs> um even with with andy or with or with uh with Justin or with even Nick but <laughs> um I, at this point it's a, i just need to yeah i'm just uh, again my one big thing. Uh, for fantasy as much as you want to obviously you need to hit on the guys but mitigating risk at all points um especially with really high picks is so important and i just the, the risk there it's it's a lack of trust in in that coaching staff and what's going on so uh, that's the main reason right now i it's i wouldn't slide him down way too far but he i'm not taking him i'd take him behind a few of these other guys that we mentioned uh that are going on that same kind of adp range
0: here's another guy and we'll we'll wrap up with this one um I think it's, for me, as always, I never know what to do with, with him because he's had some huge games, and yet I know the offense he plays in. He's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I just I feel like I'm going to look up and, you know, they're going to pass the ball nine times, and that's it. And I'm talking about the number 21 wide receiver, and that is Tyler Lockett, who we know DK Metcalf is up there hovering around the top five we know he's kind of be that he's going to be the focus for Russell Wilson but Tyler Lockett has had some big games um but i think it's it's all it's an interesting one because that's where like do i look at Tyler Lockett at 21 or do i look at T Higgins at 24 and feel like hmm, like i feel like maybe there's more of an opportunity even with a you know sort of more of an interesting um, wide receiver group in Cincinnati like we talked about I just – I don't know. There's something about Tyler Lockett where it's like I see the potential for him to have big gains, but I also feel like I can look up and the Seahawks, you know, pass nine times and win, you know, eight to three or something. (laughs) And it's just like uh, sometimes I just – I don't know. So
1: He just has too many – he was one of the most inconsistent guys last year. Just looking at his game log, he had, you know, a couple – he had a 38-point fantasy game, a 28-point fantasy game, a 21-point. But he had – the amount of times he scored under – under seven was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Ten out of sixteen games not scoring seven fantasy points. That's it's just that inconsistency, which is tough a week in a week out, and especially in the postseason, that can really kick uh, kill you. Um, so that's that's my one concern. And one of those games that was over twenty uh, was in week seventeen. So I yeah I I love Tyler Lockett and I love watching him and his his chemistry and uh, with Russell it was so fun to watch and as a if you're a Seahawks fan, you feel great about him and maybe you have picked him in this area, but I just don't that week in and week out kind of thing. I I'm a little, you know, and, and in this range, it does get tough with that, but I'd feel, you know, one spot above him is Adam Thielen. I mean, that's a guy that I, is much more consistent overall uh, with this fantasy performance. We'll see uh, how, you know, Shane Walden there in Seattle. Now uh, it's going to be a different offensive approach for this team than we've seen previously. So maybe he'll get uh, more, more targets and, you know that would be a bigger factor week in and week out in the offense but he's a tricky one he's definitely a guy that i i feel like he's definitely in in, it deserves to be that high in terms of his own talent but uh there's some deeper guys in this list that maybe at that point in the draft i'll be looking at someone else on the board at a different position if anything
0: all right let's wrap it up with this uh we do this every season um the one player you're going to regret drafting is going to be.
1: Regret drafting. Wow. <laughs> Man, I'll, I'll let me let me go try to give one for each position to look, give oh, some wow. uh, variance here. Obviously, it's I won't in all in my two leagues. I probably won't draft all these guys, but if I did, that I feel like I'd end up regretting. Let's say a quarterback. Man, it would probably be a little too high. I, I could see myself getting uh tied into taking I mean this isn't anything against Aaron Rodgers. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously. But I feel like I there's guys right behind him that probably are gonna score just as many fantasy points. I know he's coming off an MVP season. So I feel like I could take him but he's he's the type of guy I'd see available uh in in the middle like not too far into the draft and be like, ah man and just take him when you look <laughs> back and it's like why did I do this when the value was later so will go with him there. Running back, oh man Well you. Yeah. I mean, you kind of went over – you already went over. I've already got mine. The Josh Jacobs Jacobs thing. I'll say – I mean, I'm not going to take Saquon just because I've been bitten so many Mm. times by drafting him and the injuries. That's one that worries me. But a little bit deeper one that would be – I feel like I'd maybe be reaching for would be Trey Sermon. I I think he has a potential to be really, really good in San Francisco um, and, and have a huge role. But I could see by the end of it being like, wow, you know, we we know what how great Raheem Mostert's been. We know that Kyle Shanahan varies his running backs uh, very much similarly. That can be tough. as a, as it is with the Patriots to really rely on one guy. So Trey Sermon's maybe my deeper running back that I'll I would go up a little bit to take, and then I'll be like, man, this really didn't work out for me. And then finally, receiver, receiver, receiver. I'll, oh uh, gosh, man. Of the higher picks, I think, I mean, you kind of nailed the Allen Robinson one. I would have probably said him off the top as one that I'd be like, I I want him to be there, and he'll end up uh, being a guy that I'll just be like, man, fantasy-wise, this doesn't work out. And then a little bit deeper one, uh, of those Bengals receivers, uh, maybe T. I think T. Higgins is really good, and I think he'll have a bigger role this year, but – I think maybe that 24 is a bit higher. If I if I took him, I'd probably be like, why don't I just wait to take Tyler Boyd or a different guy like that? Um, but what do you think? What, who are you guys on these? For this <laughs> well, uh, or maybe you, you might just have one.
0: But. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I probably if, I, if again if you if we just if we stick to the ones that the, the like the highest. Let's say we focus on the high range ones because yeah, more often than not, a lot of these high range guys are gonna you know, deliver unless they get Mm -hmm. injured or something like that. And that's where I think my concerns come up with Saquon. So for me, for him at number nine, let's say in that range. and, And again, this is also coming from someone who's had him what multiple years now. And, you know, one year he does really well for you, but then it's like, you know, you also know the injury situation and all that. So I will say that I would probably stay away from him, in that range, I would probably we talked about Najee Harris perhaps, even with the, the offensive line situation, I still feel okay with that. I mean, even we you know, Joe Mixon, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, mm-hmm. like those kind of guys, I think I would probably feel okay about. Uh, David Montgomery's an interesting one. Um, you know, so I I just don't know if like I'm gonna place that high a value for him at nine. So yeah. maybe it's not regret, maybe that's too strong of a word, but I don't know that I am Probably gonna be as high until like we actually see it again from him, yeah um, so I think that's probably one that I am certainly a little iffy about <sighs> when it comes to like you know who am I going to regret not drafting like i mean there are there are a lot of different <laughs> i'm gonna give you one right now that's gonna be very interesting, but I know you know this is a quarterback, but like <laughs> I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be someone that I'm probably yeah. gonna look up and be like should have should have took him a lot higher. Like he could actually be the real deal. And I know, you know, the Jags may not be great, but I, I think it's like that Joe Burrow effect where it's like, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. And so he's probably someone I I would put in that category of, you know, that's again, that's a quarterback and you're, you're going to certainly have a lot of options there, but I think Trevor Lawrence is someone at the end of the season, we may look up and be like, Oh yeah. Why in the world did we not look at that guy? as a top 10 quarterback. Um, you know another guy in that range uh let's see running backs I mean we talked a little bit about Gus Edwards I think that's an interesting one just based mm-hmm. on the injury situation there I think Miles Gaskin is also pretty fascinating um yeah. because we, we talk I about mean, the Dolphins could be I mean that's the problem too is I guess we don't know what we're looking at on the Dolphins offense like what does the Dolphins offense look like in week one versus week seven like is Deshaun Watson there like well who knows right so I think that I still you know, Miles Gas is a twenty six, like he's in that tier four for fantasy pros at the very back edge of that. I think he could have a pretty good season. So, um, you know, injuries, all that stuff, I, I think he's another one I would probably put and say may look up and mm-hmm. he's he's pretty productive. I'll pick another wide receiver here just to try to match your output here. Um hmm. I mean I, yeah, like wide receivers so hard to choose because it's like some of these guys are, um, it's hard to, yeah, I don't like wide receiver. I mean, most of these guys at the top, you're probably going to be targeting anyways. But I guess if I had to pick one wide receiver, I think, like in this range, mm-hmm. probably, mm. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with my my pick here. Like I'm gonna say Will Fuller. Like I know it's, yeah. I know it's wild that they have so many different options, but maybe I just like for some reason I just think he emerges like out of that group because this is someone who we've seen has just had some monster games. Although he is gonna be, you know, he's he's the definition of a boomer bust guy. But I think in the right setting, um, I just there's something I like about Will Fuller. So, uh, yeah, I. I think that he's he's got a big opportunity. So Those that, are all good
1: ones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the regretting not drafting is more scary because it's it, yeah. like, obviously, with those first ones, it's like those are guys that I'm, I'm worried about the risk. These are the guys that you think you have upside, then you're like, don't take them, then they end up hitting. So I think Will Ferrell, like you said, at least he's deep enough where you can you can take him and you don't feel like it's as big of an impact. Um, in terms of your, I'll, I'll go quickly. I think for quarterback, for the ones that I regret not drafting I think Matthew Stafford could potentially uh, maybe my Rams bias is coming in I think he could <laughs> potentially be in that seven six range or so if if Sean McVay and him really make some magic together I think that's a guy that I could be like dang I waited a little too longer I took a quarterback a little too early before him a running back the one I, th- I think you nailed it with Gaskin I think he's got to be one that I would regret not taking I think another one that could end up being really big as I last year and again, think it will be the case again with Indianapolis' Jonathan Taylor felt really really bad when you, when you drafted him away from me a season ago um, so I, I would regret that, I have to regret that again and then receiver I think the big one for me that's pretty high but I think he could end up being like a top 5 fantasy receiver is C.D. Lamb, he's the one that uh, if, if I don't get C.D. In, our, in one of my leagues and he ends up having one of those top seasons I'm just going to be shaking my head you know, knowing that I should have done it so that that's those are the ones that are the ones that will haunt you as much as the ones that haunt you, uh, you know maybe these are the ones you forget a little bit easier because you mostly remember the guys on your team. But if you look back, it, it it's a scary thing to have access to when you can ha- look at old drafts and really see some of the guys you missed uh, by just a pick or two. Uh, I think those are some of the guys that definitely fit on that list.
0: Yeah, I think so too. There are lots of different options, um, and I will... I will even put Kyle Pitts. We're gonna go deep into the tight ends. I think yes. I will regret not drafting Kyle Pitts if he's there, um, yeah. as you know we say a tight end position. There's not not always a lot of depth there, so um, you know if you're if you're passing up Kyle Pitts, um, that's that could be an issue. I think he's, I think he's gonna be uh, a monster, and we'll see if if we're right about that, but. Uh, there you go there's a very wide i don't know how many players we discussed but uh, we we had a lot of players that uh, you could certainly think about heading into uh, your drafts here and uh, as we said most people probably will have that coming up within certainly the next uh, week before uh, things kick off uh, next uh, thursday so uh, dylan for now lots of stuff going on over clutch points uh, getting ready for the start of the season and fantasy and all that good stuff
1: yeah, all, most of our fantasy prep for all of your drafts, all that content's already out. If you go to clutchpoints.com at the top, click fantasy football. All that content can be found there to help you with your drafts the last next couple of weeks. Otherwise, for all other NFL content, you can go to the NFL section of our app or you can go to clutchpoints.com, click on NFL there, and tons of coverage of all the news, all the, all the cuts and all the different waiver claims and all that stuff happening right now as well as predictions for the entire season for every team. We'll quickly have our previews for all the all the week one matchups as well so tons of stuff excited to get going nice to have this little week and a half kind of break between the end of the preseason and the regular season but it will be very very soon we got cowboys bucks which uh, i don't i i think the bucks are i feel pretty good about them but i think dallas's offense will look pretty good i'm uh, really excited just to, to see games that count always fun watching all the guys trying to make the teams but it, it takes it to a different level especially with now full uh full capacity at most stadiums i believe or maybe all uh so it should be a lot of fun there in Tampa on opening night
0: yeah Cowboys bucks my pick for the nft championship game the last season turns out I got one of them right um the other one a little bit off on the other one um but that will actually be still on the topic of a discussion for us uh next time on the podcast as uh, we get ready to dish out our picks for the season and uh, those are always as I just said they can be quite a Quite a wild, um, you know, scenario there when it comes to uh, when we make our picks. So we will see uh, how I'll, they look. So
1: I'll bring up the ones from uh, last year on the next episode, no, so you can see how not. right or wrong we were. Well, you had some, I think. On our, we didn't, we didn't do this this season. Last year we did a bold predictions episode, and I believe you picked the Jags that have the worst record in the well, NFL. And sure enough, look
0: at that. What do you know? um we will see how many nostradamus gets correct this season um again that cowboys pick took away all legitimacy i think uh picking them to make the super bowl last year but uh i will see if i do that this year um uh spoiler alert i don't think so but uh i still have time to change my mind so uh yes we will have that coming up on the podcast for now check out everything over clutch points and as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast Any podcast app you use, uh, search for Establish the Past, and you can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do, and thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.